This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, where winners eat. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Baseball talk on the radio for the next hour. Great to have you with us as we keep the hot stove burning here at Progressive Field with Tribe Talk. And on this week's show, a nice variety for you. We will hear from two of the top prospects in the Indians minor league system and award winners in the Indians minor league system the Position Player and Pitcher of the Year Award winners. On the pitching front, the Bob Feller Award going to Mike Clevenger, who had a huge year at AA Akron and then finished strong at AAA Columbus in the playoffs. On the Position Player front, the Lou Boudreaux Award went to Bobby Bradley, the slugging first baseman who um, played this season in the Midwest League at Lake County and ended up hitting 27 home runs, driving in 92, a second straight season for him his first two in professional baseball and at the age of 19 he's already been a triple crown winner in the Arizona Summer League and now with a big year in the Midwest League moving up to full season play this past season he's the Indians Lou Boudreaux award winner we'll hear from Bradley as well we will also visit with Scott Atchison former Indians pitcher now part of their coaching staff named so earlier this week to be uh, Major League Advanced Coach and Staff Assistant, and we'll also visit with new Indians outfielder Colin Calgill, part of a large number of outfielders who will be in spring training camp trying to win a spot on the ball club and give the Tribe some outfield depth. He has good Major League experience with the Angels. That's all coming up as we get rolling with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland, as we continue with our hot stove shows. And we're going to go a little backwards today in terms of starting in the minor leagues, and then we'll finish with some major league guests and news. But last week, the Indians announced their Player of the Year award winners in the minor leagues. And on the pitching side, that means the Bob Feller Award for the top pitcher, in the 2015 minor league season, that went to right-handed pitcher Mike Clevenger, 
who had the best season of his pro career this past season, his first full year in the Indian system after being acquired in a deal from the Angels last August in exchange for Vinny Pestano. And in 2015, Clevenger went 9-8, and eight, but his ERA was 2.73 over 26 starts with AA Akron. Most impressive, though, the third most strikeouts and the fourth lowest batting average against in all of AA baseball. He had 145 strikeouts over 158 innings. And then when he was called up to AAA Columbus for the postseason, he won both of his starts, throwing 15 and a third scoreless innings. He allowed just five hits and struck out 17, so he was still throwing the ball extremely well at the end of the season, bumping up a level pitching for Columbus in the Governor's Cup playoffs. And, of course, the Clippers went on to win the Governor's Cup and advanced to the AAA National Championship game. So a big season for Mike Clevenger. We had a chance to catch up with him earlier this week by phone from his home down in Jacksonville, Florida. And he was asked uh, why the breakthrough. Well, with him, it was a small thought with a big result. Uh I would say attention to detail. I mean, just where where every throw matters, where it's every – it's not just when I get on the mound. It's focusing on what I'm working on that day. It's when I'm playing catch, when I'm even in the weight room, certain drills I'm doing. It's just like thinking about that exact load spot or whatever we're working on, you know, in that time. So attention to detail is a big thing for me. And why did that really click in for you this year? Who helped you along those along those lines? Oh, man, I mean, uh, from top to bottom with this Indian organization, it's been unreal since they got here, just the the attentiveness and the care to each and every player, no matter if you're a first-rounder or fifth-rounder, me coming over in a trade. Like, looking at the video, I mean, you can get – we'll get video on even bullpens. You, I, have, I have video on dry drills, just looking at dry drills, not even a ball. I mean, breaking it down, just showing – it showed me the science behind why they believe in what they believe in. And when the science can add up and they can show results for what they're getting out of, I mean, it was a no-brainer no for me to buy in. And once I bought in, I mean, I would like to say I'm a pretty good athlete. Once I bought in, I mean, just focusing on all those little, like I said, attention to detail and everything they're saying and on every body movement, on every exercise I do, it just, I mean, opened up the season for me. And you mentioned the trade. You were drafted back in eleven by the Angels, but but never really could post a season like you did this year. Too simple to say, though, that, that it was simply a matter of, of finally being healthy? I would, say, I, I would say it's also a lot of the growing up process. I mean, i got to give, I mean, more than credit to the Angels just for putting up with me just being young. And, I mean, I was a little bit out of control, and they, they kind of helped me just mold the process becoming the man you know, that I am today just with the discipline through the rehab process. And once I got to the Indians, you know, I was a lot more mature, a lot more dedicated to the process versus the talent. And that's when we kind of honed in and harnessed on the mechanical side of things. And it's just, it's just been a, it's just been a big puzzle. And then finally just each piece and every, every which way has led me to where I'm at right now. Mike Clevender joining us, a right-handed pitcher who is this year's Bob Feller Award winner, the Indians' top pitcher in the minor leagues this year. Your name has popped up every now and again uh, when people talk about depth in terms of starting pitching for the Indians. How do you manage that now as you go through your off-season workouts, knowing that, that you're getting closer and that uh, some good things could happen for you very quickly? 
it's just that that never gets stagnant. There's never there's never that accomplishment that's been enough. So it's just always the grind. Uh, it's just more it's more to push for. So it's like you know I I did this this year. It's like you know what's next, and then hopefully you know God willing I'm I'm there. I'm in the big leagues. I'm helping contribute. You know then it's like what's next from there, and it's just always. I feel like to keep getting better and keep pushing yourself, just self-motivation is just, you always got to look around the corner and you always got to look behind you. There's a ton of talent in this, you know, this whole system's full of pitching talent. So, I mean, you're, you're not, you can never get comfortable no matter where you're at. Mike Clevenger joining us, the Indians' top minor league pitcher, the Bob Feller Award winner this past season. And, uh, Mike, you join us from your off-season home down in Florida, and obviously workout's a big key, what you do before you get to spring training. Fill us in on, on who you get to work out with on occasion down there. Oh, I, uh, I in, in the throwing process, I like I have the privilege of getting with Corey Kluber. He lives not too far from here, and you know that's just been <laughs> an awesome experience. Just seeing how he goes about his business. I mean, not even doesn't even have to be verbally spoken. Just watching how he carries himself, how he goes about his work on day-to-day, even with me being, you know, just meeting and being essentially a stranger, like, I mean, it's been a good thing. With the good things that, that have happened to you in the last calendar year, obviously an, an excellent season at uh, the AA level and then finishing strong at AAA, uh, do you ever look back and, and think about where you were this time a year ago in terms of, of your career and, and where it is now? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, actually it's, it's funny, especially my friends from back home who's like still follow my career, friends I've played with. It's just, it's kind of like a joke just seeing like just the maturity that came along, just the process, the fun, I mean, the ups and downs and just the polishing effect. And it's just like a year, like I could never, I mean, not that I wasn't, had, didn't have high expectations, but to say I, was, I knew I was going to be sitting here a year ago, there's no chance. I mean, and now it's just, I'm sit, a year ago, I couldn't say I'm sitting here, you know, with the Bob Feller Award looking at, you know, my first big league camp on the roster. You even have a baby girl on the way. So it's just, uh, it's been a, it's been an awesome year. I'm just, I'm blessed. It's amazing. Well, congratulations on winning the Bob Feller Award. A uh, real high award, obviously, in, in the Cleveland Indians scheme of things. Mike, thanks so much for coming by. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. That's Mike Clevenger, the Indians' Bob Feller Award winner as the minor league system's top pitcher in 2015. And a frame of reference for you, some past award winners of the Bob Feller Award. Back in 1990, the first season of the award, it was won by none other than Charlie Negi. Also other winners, Chad O'Shea, Danny Graves, Fausto Carmona. And uh, you can even get a little bit closer to this year's club, pitchers who pitched with Cleveland the past couple of years. Of course, their fine closer, Cody Allen, he won the award back in 2012. And Cody Anderson, who made a big splash on the major league scene this season, won it in 2013. Mike Clevenger adds his name to that list, and he's hoping that this is the year that he makes the breakthrough into the major leagues. When we come back, we'll fill you in on the Lou Boudreaux Award winner, the top position player in the Indians minor league system, Bobby Bradley. Power to spare for Bobby Bradley. Big season this year in the Midwest League. We'll talk to him next as we continue on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the hot stove season continues for the Tribe. If you want to catch up with us 
on Twitter, you can do so at Indians Radio is our Twitter address. Our next guest is just 19 years of age, but in his second season of pro ball, he was named the Indians Minor League Player of the Year Award winner, the Lou Boudreaux Award, named after the former Indians manager and player. And uh, for Bradley, well-deserved a season in which he hit 27 home runs in the Midwest League, drove in 92, and that was a year where he missed a fair amount of time but uh, sure made up for lost time when he was healthy and was able to be in there. He was following up a year in his first season in pro ball in which Bobby Bradley was named the Arizona Summer League Most Valuable Player after winning the Triple Crown in that league. For Bradley, he was the Indians' third-round selection just uh, in the 2014 draft, so he's, he's making moves in a hurry. Again, just 19 years of age, and he's another young player we had a chance to catch up with Earlier this week, as he joined us from Goodyear, Arizona, where he's not resting on the laurels, he has been a part of that strength and conditioning program for the Indians out there in Goodyear. And with Bradley, he said, you might be surprised by what he was most pleased with this season, a year where he hit all these home runs, drove in all these runs, but he said it was another part of his game that that he felt really came along that he was most happy with. I'm actually more proud of, like, the... How my defensive work came along during the year, not so much offensive. Uh, just you know, working hard more defensively than anything, and I'm proud of how far I came in that. I still have a long way to go, but I made some good progress. And you mentioned that. How how much of a challenge is it for you to become a, a real solid defensive first baseman? Uh, it's very challenging. Uh, it only being my third year ever playing that position, just still learning a lot of the footwork uh, and just a lot of different drills to do just to get footwork better and uh, just learn that position better in general. And I think the minor leagues, even more so than the major leagues, some sometimes that pregame work is almost as important as the game itself. Tough to balance sometimes the, the want to put up some good numbers and, and continue you know, moving your career along in a positive direction with trying to do what, what may help you more in the long run, such as, as working on your defense? Yeah. Um, every day, like, no matter what, I would always find some kind of time for defensive work. Like, before, even before, like, we had actual practice, I would do something defensive, and then I would go into the cages and hit it. Now, it, it seemed like you were able to, to continue to play well throughout the season. I noticed you had a, a big month of August, and, and a lot of times for players in their first season at that full season level, they fade a little bit in the second half, but you seem to hold up fairly well. And and did you was it a struggle at the age of 19 to, to, to play that first full season and, and more games than you ever had? At times it was. It was more uh, mentally challenging than anything, just me knowing I could do it if I kept telling myself I could do it it was a lot easier but there were times where I would hit like an 0 for 10 flop and be like what is going on or I just with my head goes in the opposite direction and that just makes everything longer Bobby Bradley joining us the Indians minor league player of the year and two outstanding seasons his first two seasons in pro ball and Bobby your third round draft picks so obviously the Indians were were very high on you coming out of the draft but as a high school player obviously there's some adjustments there and 
What's been the biggest challenge for you so far in, in pro ball, aside from, uh, you know, that defensive side of things, maybe at the plate, despite putting up the good numbers, what's been the biggest challenge for you so far? Uh, I would say the quality of pitching. Uh, coming out of high school, it wasn't as high of a quality of pitching that you see in the minor leagues, working your way up. Um, you see a lot more guys that are low to mid-90s and a few of them are mid to high 90s. That's the bigger adjustment. And then when you have guys that actually have uh, great off-speed stuff that they can back up that fastball with, uh, they keep you on your feet and trying to guess like what's coming next. I think that was probably the hardest thing for me is to just learn what pitchers wanted to do to me in order to get me out. And I'm, certainly the power numbers have, have been excellent your first two seasons. And with that come some strikeouts. And how are you trying to balance still having that good power and, and maybe making a little bit more contact as you move along through the system? Uh, I'm just working on using all parts of the field instead of just getting too pull happier and trying to hit it in a certain location. Just not trying to hit a home run every time is what I got to work on. Um, just trying to tone my swing down a little bit and just start hitting line drives all over the yard. Now it's interesting uh, this off season. I know you're we're catching up with you today. You're you're out in Arizona at the Indians Complex in Goodyear. Uh, the strength and conditioning camp, we've heard about it from several different players and the impact that it can have on them. What goes on out there? What, what are you doing out there to, to make sure that you're as prepared as possible for the coming season? Uh, it's just a lot, of, uh, a lot of speed and agility. Make sure you're physically fit to, for an actual long season. and uh, They're pretty much just preparing you for what's going to happen. So they're, you're just they're building up an endurance for you is pretty much what it is so you can you can stay strong in that later part of the season so what's next for you in terms of of the coming season do you set concrete goals on on where you'd like to be and and what you'd like to see happen or or do you maybe take it a little bit smaller uh, time frames than that and, and not really try and think about too much of the, of the entire season yeah yeah I try not to think about it too much I just kind of last year is like whatever happens happens you know wherever I go or whatever I'm going to be doing I'm just going to give it my all and see what happens after that that's Bobby Bradley this year's Lou Boudreaux award winner as the Indians top position player in the minor leagues and as we did with the Bob Feller award we like to take a look back at past winners and I'll tell you what in terms of position players who've won this award they have not only gone on to reach the major leagues, but some of them have gone on to tremendous careers, like the first Lou Boudreaux Award winner, Jim Tomey, back in 1990. Manny Ramirez won it the next season. Tomey won it again in 93. Richie Sexton, Russell Brannion, Sean Casey, Victor Martinez twice, Grady Sizemore as Drupal Cabrera, Carlos Santana, Jason Kipnis, and then last year, Giovanni Urshela, and uh, that led him to the major leagues. Now, Bradley's going to be a couple of years away. Again, he's only 19 and spent this past season in the Midwest League. You would think, and this is uh, not coming from anyone in the front office, but just uh, you would think the way he's tracking that this year he would begin at single-A Lynchburg. 
but uh, certainly on a very good path and, and has had some great success in his first two seasons in professional baseball. So that's our look at some of the best and brightest in the Indians' minor league system. When we come back, we will visit with a new member of the Major League coaching staff, Scott Atchison, who just finished his Major League pitching career, wrapping it up after 17 seasons. He's now a part of the Indians' coaching staff for 2016, and we'll talk to him about that transition when we return after this timeout on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland as we continue with our hot stove editions of Tribe Talk. And the hot stove really heats up at the end of the month as the Indians will hold their fourth annual Tribe Fest presented by Key Bank. Now, don't forget, it's on January the 30th and will not be at Progressive Field this year due to the renovations taking place here at the ballpark. Instead, it'll be down at the Aloft Hotel down on the Flats East Bank. So hopefully uh, you can make that adjustment, get your tickets quickly as uh, the names continue to pile up in terms of who's attending. And just this week, committing to the event, Michael Brantley, Cody Allen, and Danny Salazar, three players who figured to be big keys to the Indians' season this year, already in for Tribe Fest, Corey Kluber, Jason Kipnis, Jan Gomes, Francisco Lindor, Lonnie Chisenhall, and many others, and some great alums, too. So far, alums that are, are going to be involved, Mike Hargrove, Carlos Baerga, Ellis Burks will be returning to Cleveland, and so will Jarrett Wright. So it should be a fun day, Saturday, January the 30th. Pick up your tickets, general admission tickets, just 5 bucks for adults. Go to indians.com slash tribefest. And right there, you'll also see all the options if you want to be a part of the autograph lines as well. So a lot of good things happening at Tribe Fest, and hopefully you'll have a chance to be a part of it. A part of the Indians coaching staff this coming season will be Scott Atchison, a part of that Indians bullpen the last two years. He's been named as a Major League Advanced Coach and Staff Assistant. Atchison wrapped up his 17-year playing career this past season. He was released by the Indians about midway through but uh, certainly a, a big part of the team in both 2014 and the early portion of last year. But uh, as, as you'll hear him say, it just it uh, the body may be breaking down a little bit, not necessarily injury-wise, but uh, just tough to to maintain the the stuff that you need to get major league hitters out on on a regular basis. And so he decided to end the playing career, but has uh, jumped right into the coaching end of things and. Earlier this week, we had a chance to visit with Scott Atchison, and he talked about how he got to the point of this new place in his baseball career. Well, you know, just from a playing standpoint, finally just felt like I had enough. Uh, you know, I just couldn't get myself ready. I didn't feel like I wanted to get myself ready for another go at it and try to make a team and everything. Um, from there, you know, it's, it's kind of this is what I know. I know baseball. I've been around it for a long time now. And when we sat down, sat down with my family and kind of deciding where we wanted to go with this, this seemed like a good way. I really wanted to stay in the game in some capacity. I had the rest of the summer off, so we got to spend some time together and do that. And then, you know, we'll make this work. We're used to the schedule, um, obviously, having done it for a while. But um, really wanted to get in and, and kind of see where I wanted to go in the game. And, you know, I think coaching is, is down the road probably, but it's, this is a good way to get into it and, you know, be able to give back and help these guys and know the team, the staff and everybody and 
really when they presented it this opportunity, I felt like this was a great one to jump at, and you know, so we went ahead and did it. Interesting playing career. You you end up finishing up at at uh, the age of thirty nine, seventeen year playing career, and could you say that that your best years were right at the end there? Uh, probably so. I think you know. I I know I went to Japan right kind of when I a little after turning 30 and really since I've been back from there when I collected most of my big league time um, you know I felt like I was able to keep myself healthy for the most part through the through the later years and and really kind of make it work and really enjoyed it you know I said I got an opportunity fell into a great spot in Boston and they gave me a great shot to kind of prove myself in the big leagues and and try to take advantage of that, and I felt like I did, and was able to. Like I said, it was it was a good career all around. I mean, I enjoyed every stop I made. Um, had some good and bad in all of them, probably, and you know. But it was it was a great a great run, and enjoyed every minute of it. And like I said, now looking forward to doing this. Scott Atchison joining us now, a major league advanced coach and staff assistant for the Indians after a, and a solid playing career and some good years with the tribe. Right at the very end, and, and Scott, when we say major league advanced coach, staff assistant, what are you going to be doing with with the coaching staff this coming season? Uh, mostly, what it entails is, is I'll get a lot of the all the kind of the advanced scouting reports and stuff that come in from our scouts that are obviously watching the teams that we're going to play coming up. Um, I'll get that information, um, kind of put it together, work with the coaching staff on devising you know, going over the plans, what, you know, how we want to attack, whether it's from the pitching side or the hitting side or whatever, what we want to do defensively, how the teams play and that kind of stuff. So um, I'm going to get a lot of that and then work with, you know, work with Mickey and JB some on the side. Um, Also kind of watching them and stuff and just helping where you need help in that aspect during batting practice and spring training and things. But um, the majority of it is is dealing with the advanced scouting and, and kind of, putting that together and devising plans and even watching us to see if the plan where we thought is working. And if it's not, you know, making changes to it in mid series or whatever to, to get back to where we need to be to obviously to win a bunch of ball games. So hopefully we can get to a world series. So, um, you know, so most of it's going to be with that. And like I said, then kind of just some other little things and, and working, like I said, with from the pitching side and for me, just learning a little bit too on that end. And you mentioned that, that scouting component, and, and I know so much of, of the advance work is uh, pulled off of video and then scouting reports, but uh, you feel like you're close enough to your playing career where you still have a, a great familiarity with so many of the, the hitters and pitchers in this game? Well, definitely. I think, I mean, especially through our the division we're in, having pitched against them a lot here in the last year and a half, and, you know, you remember a lot of things, especially against guys you faced and, and really tried to pay attention as I went through you know, what certain guys could handle, couldn't handle. You know, obviously my I got a little more maybe expertise from the pitching end of it. But, um, you know, you, you, you see what guys do and even how we've defensed them over the last year and stuff. And I, I like I said, I remember a lot of that. And I think it's going to help. Hopefully I can give some help to maybe something – that's not sticking out or maybe something we forgot or whatever, like I said, I know the league pretty well, I feel like, and I know obviously Cleveland, our, our pitching staff and the guys on it, most of the guys on it and how they like to go after things and maybe can cater some things more to what fits their style. You know, this, the, these things you do well, they work really good against this guy and, you know, this and that, things like that. So the familiarity all around, I, I hope to be able to 
use it to help benefit the team. And because of your role, and, and I know you took a, a lot of flack from, from your younger teammates in the bullpen because you were the elder statesman down there, but were you, in a sense, preparing for this in the last couple of years as, as someone who could lend some advice to, to other pitchers, especially down in that bullpen on a nightly basis? Well, I think, you know, you think about it, it's hard not to as you're getting to the end. But, um, you know, when I was playing, I was focused a lot on that. But anytime somebody had a question or, you know, was looking for some advice, if they asked, I was I tried to help them out as much as possible and really try to, you know, give them maybe a tip or something that I've seen somebody else do, you know, and those kind of things. And so, you know, you're looking, you're looking to the, I guess, when you get to the end, you're kind of looking to what do you want to do next in the game or what might you want to how you want to be a part of it or if you don't at all for that matter but um you know so maybe a little bit but like I said I, I was still focused on thinking I you know and playing and and trying to do the best I could there but in turn you know when you're sitting in the pen for the first five innings sometimes you know there's there's stuff being talked about and you you, you think about things and different things like that well Scott I know uh, a lot of folks are are happy to see you back in the organization best of luck with everything we'll catch up with you out at spring training in Goodyear. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Jim. That's Scott Atchison. Should be a nice addition to the Indians' Major League coaching staff as Major League advanced coach and staff assistant. The Indians also hiring Mike Barnett as another staff assistant, more on the hitting side, and then he'll also serve as the replay coordinator during the course of games to advise Terry Francona and his coaching staff when is a good time to to go with that replay challenge. Barnett, though, has some great experience as a major league hitting coach. He's done that job with the Blue Jays, Kansas City, and Houston in the past and uh, goes back a little bit with Terry Francona, worked with uh, Terry in the White Sox farm system back in the early 90s. In fact, they were both a part of that staff that was at AA Birmingham and their marquee player, not necessarily baseball-wise, but fame-wise, was uh, the great Hall of Famer on the hardwood, Michael Jordan. So a little bit of uh, trivia there that you can wow your friends with at the water cooler on Monday. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Colin Calgill, one of the acquisitions for the Indians during this offseason. He'll help out in the outfield, especially early on in the season, while the Tribe awaits the return of Michael Brantley from injury. We'll hear from Colin Calgill next as we wrap it up on Tribe Talk after this timeout on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you for our final segment from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Colin Calgill was acquired via trade from the Los Angeles Angels prior to the holiday season. We had a chance to visit with him recently and talk about what he expects from his new ball club. He's He's been kind of a fourth outfielder for the Angels for several seasons, has had a couple of opportunities to play every day, and on occasion has had some good success for some stretches, just not over a full season. But uh, he's another hitter who can balance the lineup from that left-handed, right-handed hitting uh, equation that the Indians are looking for. And when we did visit with Colin Calgill, he talked about the the new team that he's going to and how the news of the trade is a, really a positive for him. For sure. And uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, Jim. Uh, pleasure. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, I'm really excited it was a great uh, it was a great relationship on both ends the angels and and the my new my new relationship with the indians uh we we all parted ways on good terms and uh very thankful uh to be with the indians organization and really excited 
uh, to get started. I've spoken to a number of, of really good people so far within the organization. Uh, I spoke with Terry Francona uh, about a week ago. So just really excited, really happy, uh, ready to get started. And so much of this game is about opportunity. And uh, you have some major league time, some good stretches, certainly o- over your career. Uh, what is it about this opportunity that looks intriguing, at least on paper at this time? Uh, I mean, I, I just think uh, a fresh a fresh group of guys, um, a new team, a new staff, uh, not to mention being right-handed uh, with the guys that are on the roster at the moment um, really helps. Uh, being able to fit into that platoon role or or whatever it is that they might envision for me, so it's just a, it's a great opportunity to get a little bit of uh, hopefully a little bit more playing time and maybe a little bit more regular playing time. Uh, whereas with Los Angeles, the last couple of years it had been tough with Hamilton there, fourteen, and then <clears throat> obviously Mike and Cole Calhoun playing so well, and then, and then being who they are, uh, the opportunities were a little little limited. Um, so hopefully the Indians bring new opportunity and. Uh, you know, a new opportunity to win some more ball games as well. How much do you study up on a, on a new organization when you are traded, just to see uh, what they have and where opportunities may be? I would say, uh, I mean, you do your research and your homework, but you kind of have an idea. I mean, I feel like I know, uh, you know, kind of most of what every team uh, in the big leagues has offered. Just having, you know, playing against them, and Cleveland's no stranger. You know, we play them six times a year. So when I was with I've been in the American League pretty much my whole career, so I'm very familiar with who they have running out there and uh, and who they don't have anymore running out there. So it's, like I said, I think it's a good fit for me, my style of play. Uh, and hopefully, I can just bring something to the ball club that uh, you know can generate some positive energy and hopefully some wins. Newly acquired outfielder Colin Calgill joining us on Tribe Talk. Colin, you look at uh, at moving uh, from Los Angeles, Anaheim, that area, and coming to play for the Indians. Uh, for a lot of players, that's a, a new situation, but you're not too far from here in terms of where you live and where you grew up and went to college. Uh, a nice opportunity to get, to get back to this part of the country. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I talked to uh, a number of my, my family members and friends, and uh, I've been out west pretty much my whole career ever since I got drafted by Arizona. So uh, it, it is very welcoming uh, to be closer to home, and not just for me, but for my family, being able to come and watch a little more. Um, you know, with with the division that we have, Detroit's not too far, Chicago's not too far, Kansas City's not far. So uh, it'll be nice for for the family to be able to get in the car and drive a little bit and come check out some games in the summer. So uh, just it's going to be really nice to be home. My wife can drive home, you know, on the road. So it's just uh, it seems like a great fit all the way around. And at this stage of your career, you you, you have that good big league time, and you've had some success along the way. What? What do you look for in an off season that that maybe gets you more playing time in the coming season and allows you to have uh, more success as you go along? Sure. I mean, I, every off season, uh, I have a goal to show up. Um, obviously, physically better um, than I was last year. Whether it be uh, my, you know, work on my swing a little more, or just be in better shape. And I think all those things are kind of all encompassing as far as how my off season go. I just want to go. And show up at, at spring training, uh, looking better, feeling better than everybody else, uh, and that's just something that pushes me. So I, I know, uh, you know, as far as the swings go, and as far as the arm strength and all that goes, I, I pretty much have a good idea of, of what I need to do, uh, building on some of the adjustments I made uh, years pre- uh, previous. You know, so uh, just kind of building on the work and the foundation that I have, and 
maybe spend a little more time bunting or uh, maybe running some balls down the outfield, just depending on what I think I need the most work based on my body at work uh, as a big leaguer. So uh, we kind of fine-tune it, but the guys I work out with now have a pretty good handle on the, the weightlifting and the conditioning stuff. So it would be nice to to work out with a guy like Josh and his big brother and hitting and stuff with them just to, you know, so we can help each other out and kind of feed off each other. You know, Josh is pretty <laughs> pretty good ball player, pretty good hitter, so I'm looking forward to learning a little bit from him and, and vice versa. Colin Galkill joining us. He was acquired from the Angels in a trade a couple of weeks back. And, and Colin, you mentioned you had a chance to visit with, with Terry Francona um, right around the trade time. Uh, what were some of the impressions that, that you took away from him, especially having played for, for one of the well-respected managers in the game in Mike Socia? Sure. Uh, I mean, it was just uh, really good to talk to him. I, I was almost nervous. You know, I have, I've only just been on the other end of uh, playing against him. I, I never had a relationship with him, or I'm not sure if we've ever been properly introduced, but uh, he, he seemed to know, uh, remember how I played, my style of play, and some of the things that he said to me about uh, not so much what I do on the field, but how I do it on the field is, is why I was attracted to the Indians and and him in particular. So it was just a, a really nice conversation, very welcoming. Uh, he gave me his phone number, obviously, and wanted me to call him with any questions or anything he could help him with. So it just seemed like a real, kind of like a family-first atmosphere and, and a relationship. So, uh, I mean, I was uh, incredibly impressed with him and, and, and how much he knew about me and, and, and how excited he seemed uh, when I spoke to him. So I'm unbelievably humbled and honored uh, to, you know, to be a given an opportunity to play for him, and I can't wait to uh, to get out there, man, and start going. Well, spring training will be here before you know it, as as it always seems to go in the off season. But hey, thanks so much for the time today, and and uh, we'll look forward to meeting you this spring. You got it, Jim. Thanks for having me. That's outfielder Colin Calgill, part of a, a bigger inventory for the Indians heading into spring training in terms of outfielders. They had a Cal Gill, Rajay Davis, and some others along the way. And uh, certainly they all will be keys for the Indians early in the season as they await the return of Michael Brantley from shoulder surgery. And again, he's progressing nicely, expected to be back uh, sometime. The Indians are hoping maybe early May if all goes well in terms of that rehab. Still a little bit too early to tell in terms of a specific date. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us this week. Join us again next week. We'll be here from Progressive Field once again. And until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians radio network. been listening to tribe talk presented by progressive making it easy to bundle home and car insurance brought to you by subway where winners eat 